the Color Social Work Podcast, a space created to guide young African-American professionals through the broad and growing field of social work. This audio series was created for every young black person in the helping profession aspiring to make the world a better place. Chat with me as we make the field a little more colorful. I'm your host, Nana Kay, and you're listening to the Color of Social Work Podcast. Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Color of Social Work. It's your host, Nana Kay, and today we have another guest. I'll be speaking to Miss Ashley Jackson, and we will be discussing what it's like to be a CPS social worker. So if you would like to hear this conversation, stay tuned. Hey, Ashley, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners? Sure. Uh, my name is Ashley Jackson. And I currently have a BSW in social work. I am 26 years old. I graduated from Perry View and University in 2019. Um, and I'm currently trying to get my MSW with Walden University. Okay. Um, what population do you work with? Uh, mostly I work with children and families. I work with child protective services, so that's my focus. Okay, so uh, when did you start working with CPS, and how did like, you get into it? I started officially working with CPS uh, in the end of September. I got into it by my internship I did with Terry. Um I did my internship this summer of graduation, so that's how I kind of got introduced to the profession. So I took a break and started working somewhere else before I went back. Okay, so um, your prior employer, did they have anything to do with like the system, foster care, anything? Yes, it was a residential treatment center. Um, we had boys and girls with behavioral health issues, and they stayed at the facility for about six months to a year, mostly. Mm-hmm. Okay. And most of those kids, yeah. Most of those kids were in the foster care system. Okay, so whenever like you were in undergrad, like how did you like identify like what population you wanted to work with? Because you know I work with children and families too. So how did you like identify that this is the population you want to work with? Um. Well, I already knew that I wanted to work with children initially when I started at Prairie View. I wanted to be a teacher, but then I changed my mind mm-hmm. and I decided I was like I need to find something where. I want I want to know where I can be so I was like at least I can be in social work and still work with kids that's my main thing that's how I really decided mm-hmm. okay um so when you first started with CPS like as your internship how was that like did they pay you was it like strictly full-time is it like exactly how you thought it was gonna be now that you're working like full-time or like you know tell me a little bit about that experience well, um, no, it was not paid. Uh, <laughs> I worked I worked Sunday through Thursday, and my shift was 10 a.m. to, no, it was 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Uh-huh. So I had to drive all the way from Prairie View at about 8 o'clock just to get to uh, the street called Chimney Rock that I had to go to, and that took me about an hour, hour and a half. Mm-hmm. So, 
Um, the experience at first wasn't too pleasant because all I was doing was just sitting there doing my schoolwork. I was just in the office. Mm-hmm. And none of the workers on my team really wanted to take me out with them. So I was really just sitting in the office. But I didn't get a good experience of the actual job until about two weeks before it was going to end. So... Oh wow! You know what's crazy? My undergrad internship too. All we lit, all we did was literally sit in the office and talk. We didn't really have a good field experience either. Like, right? I don't know why we went on a few because I did a um a foster care agency for my internship, and we literally went to the office in the morning. We sat there. We made jokes we we something we filed papers that's mainly what we did we filed papers or whatever um they would order food for the whole office we just participated in eating you know <laughs> but honestly we i think we probably went on like two home visits the entire summer and most of the time we would leave early and stuff like that too it was like it was monday through friday but you know um the office closed at one on friday so really they're like oh well fr- some fridays we c- we'll, we'll tell y'all don't even worry about coming or whatever because like they'll like have a meeting and they're not even like in like the main area to even like tell us like stuff to do so they were like well this friday don't even worry about coming we got a meeting and we close at one anyways like you know stuff like that yeah so and see like i actually got to do like a basic training with them mm-hmm. so i did two weeks of what they call it core training which is basically a rundown of the whole agency and how every specialty works so I did that and they also gave us because um, you know if you work for travel tech services you have state equipment they give you a computer they give you a phone they didn't give me a phone but I did get a computer so nice I was able to do something but not I wasn't really able to get the full experience because I was actually employed. <laughs> right, right. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. I hope, like, in the future, like, people have better field experiences because, I mean, because we you know we're hoping to like get a job after after graduation but it's like these internships that we had it was probably like <laughs> you know not it wasn't really an opportunity to get a job or an opportunity to show anybody that you wanted to get a job you know but yeah mm-hmm. uh so okay so what challenges have you faced in the field regardless if it was cps or if it was um you know your other employer anything um, okay, so mainly when I started my first job, I had an issue with management. That was my biggest thing. Girl, me too. I, I was really happy to go to a place that was managed by people that looked like us. So mm-hmm. I was really ready to fully experience, you know, the profession and everything, but that's not what I got. Girl, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, and so I was really ready to leave there and everything so i was so excited when i finally got the call that i was going to be getting another job wow okay okay um because i i also dealt with um like a hostile work environment uh in my first Mm -hmm. like social work job after undergrad and that was terrible so and it was also run by you know someone somebody that looks like us she was also pv grad so i was super excited the lady that uh hired me she was actually at the internship at the agency that i uh, did my field at so she had moved to this agency and she saw my resume and hired me on the spot so i was excited girl no 
it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was still a bad work environment. And I was like, oh my God, like, no, but that's okay. Um, what was I going to ask yeah. you next? Uh, okay. So your caseload at CPS now, I heard some crazy caseloads. Um, just describe a little bit about what your role is, uh, your position and how it differs from like the other positions. Uh, okay, so I'm an investigator. So basically what I do is I receive cases and I read over them before I even go out to the home. And we have a system where there's priority one cases and priority two cases. Priority one cases, you have 24 hours to make contact with the child and with the family. And priority two cases, you have uh, 72 hours to get out to the family. Mm -hmm. um, right now, I'm just getting out of training, so I'm only getting priority two cases, and my caseload is really not that big because I just became what they call case responsible on Friday. Oh, so, okay. Um, Congratulations. I only have about three <laughs> cases right now. Okay. Sitting on my caseload, but once I actually get, you know, into the job, probably about maybe like February, March, I'll probably have about fifteen to twenty cases. Okay, okay. And um, how are y'all working right now? Are y'all remote? Are y'all still going to the office? Are you... Tell me about that. We are not remote. Um, Harris County right now, Houston, um, everybody is required to go to the office. Okay. Um, at least, you know, a lot... It depends on who your supervisor is, but mine requires us to meet at the office at 8 o'clock before we actually go out into the field. Um, let's say like if we have like we had bad weather on what was it Thursday mm -hmm. so we were allowed to stay home and um, the state actually closed all of the offices so nobody was at the office on Thursday okay but we were still working from home right and um, I didn't have to go out into the field because the weather was that bad and I had to go out to uh, Baytown Pasadena area and it was flooded out there so my supervisor was like no just wait until tomorrow and you can go then and I said okay all right right but yes we are required to go to the office and be out in the field okay okay so what's something that about um cps that you enjoy and what's something that you don't enjoy i know it's like pros and cons to every job so just give our listeners you know some little insight mm -hmm. so what i enjoy right now is um the team that I have is called a unit. I'll say that. Mm -hmm. um, they're very open and very welcoming to me. They're there to answer all my questions and help me with it, with whatever I need. And they let me help them out as well. So it's a learning experience on both sides. Um, and even that, with my team, a lot of them are still new. They probably, none of them have been there for a year. Some of them are just about to reach six months. So it's not anybody that's, you know, specifically tenured. And um, so that's something I really enjoy being. Um, what's challenging to me <laughs> is the hours that I work. Um, with me being in school, too, it's really, 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 really hard for me to balance the two. Mm -hmm. um, because I never know how my day is going to get. People will ask me, well, what time do you get off today? I cannot tell you right. because I don't know. <laughs> right. I really don't know. It could turn into, a simple case can turn into a removal really quick. Mm -hmm. So it, it really doesn't, it doesn't, you know, I can't tell you 
oh, okay, okay, today I get off at five, today I get off at six. And sometimes I even have to work um, what we have, it's called a child without placement, where we have kids that don't have anywhere to go. Mm-hmm. So um, everybody has to have a shift at least like once or twice a month where they have to go work, see, walk, and watch kids. Mm-hmm. So like last week on Monday, I had to work my initial eight to five, and then I had to go over to my internship location at Chimney Rock and work from 6 p.m. to 1 a.m. So I didn't get off until 1 a.m. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah okay okay so um with graduate school are you doing the clinical clinical track or are you doing macro um well i guess i would say kind of kind of both because i I'm staying with children and families in the university i have they have specialties in children and families and Clinical, I was going to do clinical, but I changed my mind because I actually want to stay with Child Protective Services until I retire. So I don't think I'll actually need the clinical degree. So I just stay with children and families. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, right now, um, my at U of H, my uh, track is clinical. Um, but I remember like when I first started, I was like, I think I'm more macro, but I was trying to change it. And they were like, well, you can still, you can always do macro stuff with a clinical, um, degree and a clinical license or whatever. They, they didn't feel like, you know, I, I needed to change it, but whatever. MSW is MSW to me. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Cause you know, like that degree is going to take us so far, actually, like, I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm just looking at all the jobs I'm gonna be qualified for. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but um, okay. So, what's something that you wish you knew about social work before you actually uh, pursued it? Hmm. That. I guess I kind of knew what I was getting into. Um. I, of course, you know, hear about the stigma of you know everybody just taking people's kids. Right. But, you know, that's definitely not the case at all. Right. That's actually like the last resort ever. So, right. You know, it's a lot more that goes into it. And that's, you know, I'm glad that I found that out after the fact because initially I was hesitant and I was like, uh, I don't know if I want to do that. Right. Well, I heard uh, the investigations department is like one of the toughest ones. Um, I know you said you just finally started getting your case low, but has there been like a moment like that, like or like a story or a case that, you know, really like, you know, pulled on your heartstrings yet? <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. So when I when I was starting, like they give you. Uh, what's called a mentor and basically they pair you up with an investigator that has you know has gone through the training and they're able to train you to be an investigator so okay um i was working a case and it was a mother um she has six children mm-hmm. um five of her children have already been removed from her care wow um and she has an eight-month-old baby so um, our report that we got was for domestic violence, and well, that translates to neglectful supervision of the child. So um, we had to initially, you know, drug test mom, mm-hmm. interview her, and all of that. And initially, she was not cooperative. She did not want us to see her, did not want us to see her baby, didn't want us to know where she lived, none of that. So 
it took us probably about a good three weeks before she actually let us see her and the baby in person. Um, and she did go get her drug test. And I think we looked at it about a week after. And uh, I got a call that morning. Hey, we have to do a parental child safety placement, which means that we have to place the child, you know, with whom the parent chooses with somebody else that the parent chooses. So I was like, okay, but I didn't know who it was for. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I got to the office and she was telling me who it was, I was like, wow, okay. So the mom tested positive for everything under the sun. Oh, okay. Yes. And this little baby, she's so, 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 so cute. So we ended up having to place the baby with one of her friends. Um, and we told her when we placed the when we placed the child, we told her, do not take the child from the home. Do not leave with the child. You cannot be alone with the child until this placement is over with. Mm-hmm. She's not okay. So uh, whenever we do those, we have to make 10-day um, contact after the fact to make sure that the child is in the home, not alone with the parent, and they're being cared for properly. So we get to the 10-day visit, and we get to the home, and the child is not in the home. Oh my God! Um, the mom had come and picked up the child, and the caregiver that we placed her with just said, "Oh, she came and got her." So we had to do another placement with the child, and it was with another one of her friends. And after about three days, her friend called and said, "I can't do this. I can't, you know, keep this baby. I can't care for her like this." So here's the plot twist. Okay. One of her kids has uh, been placed in a foster family, and um, I'll say this, the, the mother is black. Mm-hmm. All of her kids are mixed race, black, Hispanic, or whatever. And the lady that adopted her um, her child is white. Her and her husband are white. Um, and we had to contact all foster parents and anybody that was caring for her previous children. So when we contacted this foster mom, her initial statement was, well, if y'all end up removing the baby, just consider me as a placement. Okay. So, we ended up having to place the baby with this foster mom along with her brother. And um, it's really sad to me because we were trying to work with her to, you know, get her back on track, make right. sure, you know, she would be able to work services and get her baby back. Right. When you don't cooperate, it makes it really hard to do that, especially when you've already had previous removal. Right. So, um, here's the thing that broke my heart. Um, while we're doing paperwork at the adoption place, um, the lady is consoling the mother and just acting like they're the best of friends and everything. Mm-hmm. When we get ready to leave, the lady pulls her mask down. And she looks at me and she says, I don't want to walk out with her. Wait, what? She said she did not want to walk out with the mother. And basically, she put on a whole charade to the lady. And... um we had to wait until the mother left to give um, the foster mom all of the baby's stuff. And um, when she came down, she was telling us all these things about the mother. And she 
was like, well, I hope that they do remove the baby so that I can have her. Okay, so did, you know, did they end up removing the baby? Um, I do not know because I was separated from my mentor after that. So I have, you don't, no, you have no idea. Wow. I have no idea what happened with that. Well, you know, you can only, as social workers, you can only do so much. Like, you can only help people as far as they're willing to help themselves. And I'm, I have a hard time understanding that, too. <laughs> right. So, dang. Right. That sucks. I know you're going to experience a whole bunch more crazy, mm-hmm. sad stuff, especially in investigations. That's, well, you know, I give kudos to you because I could not do investigations ever. <laughs> <laughs> I could not <clears throat> but y'all that do you know keep up the good work because you know it I, I think it takes special people it takes special people to be social workers and it takes special people to do the hardest roles you know like this right. so okay so um what can you tell an aspiring social worker that wants to do similar work CPS uh, children and families anything? Um, I would say to keep an open heart. Um, if you don't keep an open heart, you're going to regret things. You're going to become burnt out. You're going to get frustrated over little things. But if you keep an open heart and just remember that at the end of the day, you're helping somebody somewhere, then you're doing your job and you're making the world a better place. Right. So that's my thing. That's, that's what I look forward to every day that I'll help somebody and keep the family together hopefully so okay girl well thank you for joining uh this episode um do you have any questions for me uh, i don't think so okay <laughs> okay okay well yeah thank you for joining this episode this conversation was a pleasure um do you want to plug any of your socials if you have anything um if people want to contact you or anything or your email, anything? Sure. So my phone number is 210-667-0733. Um, you can follow me on Instagram, Kool-Aid with a K, 2K12. Um, yeah. I don't really check my email that often because my work email blows that up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, again, I thank you for, you know, being a guest and I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much. No, thank you. <laughs> Girl, you're welcome. <laughs>